0: Because if I play basketball against anybody else, I'm going to foul them. They're going to be like, bro, what the fuck? Because me and my brother would play at the park. We would be like balling up and fouling each other. Like every possession. It would be like fucking he'll go and drive him for a layup. I'll fucking push him to the ground. And he'll be like, all right, cool. And then we just move on. No foul. That's fouled.
1: not how you play. That's. No. <laughs> What? That's why everybody I've met, I met people who were like, "Oh, back in the day." when well, not I met people. There was an older guy I used to work. With. He was like, "Man, back in the day, when people used to drive in Atlanta, you used to just get the shit beat out of them." And I was like, "It's not fucking football." <laughs> I was like, "What skill does that take?" Did every time I moved to the back, you punch me in the ribs? Like,
0: no, it's, it's rough. It's the prison rules. No. Try playing on the West Side, dude. Playing with Tony's family. Oh my God! His sons, the worst. I hated playing basketball with them, dude. They were the worst. Why? They always foul. They would foul. I mean, I do, but like, I don't know.
1: I mean, we we can play foul ball. Just know, I'm gonna fuck you up Mm
0: -hmm. and still win with Tony. Not fight you. I'm
1: gonna like beat. I'm gonna still like. I'm gonna body your ass with Tony's sons. Still like fucking. It's all
0: major defense. They don't give a fuck about scoring.
1: I'm like good. (laughs) I'm gonna carry. I'm gonna dry this bitch the minute you try to fucking, fucking take that elbows, shit. Elbows,
0: Eurostep.
1: Ah, I love it. I'm actually no with throw you them. For no, they're
0: all speed. old school. No such thing as Eurostep. You're fucking getting fucked up if you try to. Like
1: that's that's how uh, good. Then I'm gonna dunk on <laughs> you. I'm gonna use you as a springboard to dunk. All right, let's get this shit started. It's already started. It's been going for two minutes now. Yeah, shit.
0: All right. What's up guys? None of this really matters episode 14. And uh on today's episode, we're going to talk about uh I want to talk about horror horror.
1: Horror, not horse, horror. <laughs> and horror. uh Biopics. Yes, can we do Biopics first while it's still fresh first. in my brain because you know Wait, I'm a parent.
0: Is there a way we should start every episode now? We're fucking 14 episodes in. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've been telling you you should start every episode. Please rate, review, subscribe. Okay.
0: Let's do this on while we're recording, Let's how about begin. we
1: just next episode? We're just hey guys, we're just gonna re-record this, like pre-record this, and put it at the beginning <laughs> of every episode, so we don't have to worry about it. That's what every professional podcast. Fourteen does.
0: episodes in, I but mean, there's
1: also should be a level of responsibility where we respect the followers and ask them to bring other people in. So no, we're not gonna pre-record it. I just backtracked on what I said.
0: So we're right here, yes. in the moment, saying you should, you guys should go. uh Follow us on Instagram. And what else?
1: And you're gonna follow and us at none of this really matters. matters on Instagram. On Instagram and yeah. Nathan.mcGeorge at on Instagram. This. Uh just rob DMV and Miss Amanda Shelton on Instagram. You mm-hmm. can follow us on letterbox that Nathan.mcGeorge. Nathan. Yeah. And Rob and just Rob DMV. Please yes. do not fucking say what I just said. And uh, <laughs> Yes, on iTunes, Patreon, Spotify. Get the free people first. Okay, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> iTunes, please uh, rate. Yes, and, and review. review. Please review. If you subscribe and yeah, rate and review. That, and be honest. Still, don't say it's great. Just yeah, man. Tell us what it is. Give say, us one star. Don't you talk know. About movies a lot. I'll fuck like, with we you. We fucking get it, but I'm sorry to cuss at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is the this is the the dirty gritty part that nobody likes. This is the part we are. Essentially asking you to sustenize us, like give us yeah. sustenance, please. Let us get money. We made a wash for sure. eighteen dollars and we are so thankful for that. Yeah, that's so sick, dude. Eighteen that's one pizza for talking. Actually two if you get a deal from Papa That's John's.
0: if you get that they have that four six
1: eight. Yeah, come on now. We can get it done. Thank you guys. <laughs> but uh yes, rate review subscribe, whatever platform, but definitely subscribe. Uh for sure. Patreon, please sign up. Please. Right now... Right I now, will... we're having
0: some te- like slight technical...
1: It, it's not technical. It's just a workload thing. Editing video and audio <laughs> is a daunting task. So
0: people who are subscribed to the Patreon, chill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're getting it together.
0: This is a 2 Like We're not trying oper- to play you. I'm not for... even
1: trying to... I'm going to just say, this is like a one-and-a-half-man operation. I will say this, that yeah. I have... Relegated Nate to talent, and I would like to keep it that way because he is the talent. This is none of this really matters by Nathan McGeorge. I am the technical part slash bouncer offer. You're,
0: you're the producer that talks, yes, a lot. <laughs>
1: I'm also the producer that wants us to get money, yes, because what's eventually the point we'll of get doing to a this?
0: point where it's just me talking,
1: yeah, absolutely. Or when you, yes, absolutely, when eventually. we have a separation. Cause I want to sit in a booth like other people. I yeah. don't want to be like in yeah. the room. That way I can hotbox it.
0: Eventually, uh, like between now and that point, I want Menda to get a mic. I don't know, Which, but she doesn't talk enough.
1: Exactly. Really,
0: but it's only because the last episode she won the, on that little explanation.
1: Yes, she helps out.
0: I was like, Mendo God, should I, get I a don't mic.
1: want her not to talk because she's my wife, guys. I want her not to talk because. <laughs> She's gonna bother me about her voice when I'm editing. She's, She's like, like,
0: Can you can you I'm like
1: what well, does do I really sound like that? Like you've asked me that seventeen times. Yes, you do sound <laughs> like Yes, you do sound seventeen years old. I mean,
0: that was me when I started when we started this. Yeah, that
1: was like the first two episodes. She still asks about it. <laughs> but uh,
0: um yeah. So Instagram, none of this really matters. Letterbox, Nathan dot Mc dot McGeorge.
1: Pretty sure it's just Nathan McGeorge. Nathan
0: McGeorge regular uh letterboxd at just rob do you
1: have a letterbox yet babe Mm-mm. not yet you need to sign up
0: letterboxd hit us up please and yeah.
1: uh it's actually really fun i just uh reviewed godzilla from
0: 1998
1: yeah and my review was <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> to, to hear about this <laughs> what I was i
2: just imagine you just straight diddy
1: boys. <laughs> And asexual dragon <laughs> tears up New York. Semicolon dope.
0: <laughs> I want to see what my most recent reviews are.
1: My most recent review is definitely Steve Jobs. So let's how, get into that. How, how did you like that? Let's ask you first.
0: Steve Jobs, I love uh
1: I need to I need the send. A, I wanted to tell you this, not to cut you off, but I want to say that you've also ruined movies for me. Wow. Because now I'm starting to look at them as pieces of art. Yeah. Well, let me say this. If it's outside of like stuff like that, like biopics or whatever, I probably won't pay attention too much to that. But Mm -hmm. in that, I really did pay attention to the cinematography, the shots, and how they made you feel.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Like the shot of the McKellen 55 when Mm -hmm. he was sitting on the table, they did like a close up shot of it with them in the background, like out of focus. And I was like, ah. It's good. It's like, foreshadowing. It's
0: like so, I don't know. It's So what did
1: you like about the movie?
0: Michael Fassbender. Oh, thank God
1: he said it. <laughs> that fucker. I said, is that Steve Jobs?
0: He can act his ass off. It is. Oh, my God. My first Michael Fassbender movie that i ever seen was X-Men. Yeah, of course. The Magneto, When he played Magneto. Mm-hmm. And he killed that. He killed playing a superhero. I was like, holy shit. Like
1: You completely forgot about fucking Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Ian McGregor.
0: McKellen. Yes. Ian McKellen. That you think of Ewan McGregor. Yes. You're thinking of Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. There's Ian McKellen and then Ewan McGregor. Ewan? Ewan or Ewan. I think it's Ewan <laughs>
1: McGregor. Never mind, let's move on.
0: They're Europeans. Um, um <laughs> <laughs> Uh Have you seen the Ashton Kutcher?
1: jobs no i was going to watch it but i kind of felt like it wouldn't have stood up to
0: no not as good as a film as steve jobs but ashton kutcher's is a different vibe it's a different story like different side of his life
1: because i felt like this didn't like kiss steve jobs ass but it didn't paint him in a nice light it just painted him in an empathetic light it's like it's like i've told people sometimes and this is crazy but like for some people, a child is an STD, like, mm-hmm. and I don't mean yeah, it in yeah. the sense of they are a disease. I mean in the sense of I did something that humans like to do, and this is the result of it. Yeah, whether it you got be, that from Steve Jobs? Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because let me say it as an artist. I I don't empathize. No, no, I empathize with that a little bit because the because what you see at the end is that he did love her. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to rectify his dreams with being there for his daughter. Yeah. It's just that simple. It was just like, do I be there for her mm-hmm. or do I change the world? I And he struggled with that the entire It's like he was movie. cursed. Yes. He was a
0: cursed man. And, yes! And that, they painted that portrait amazingly. Yes, they did. And so, who directed that, Menda? Can you see? But with Ashton Kut, Danny, Cuth- Boyle. Danny Boyle, same director as Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. And okay. Uh, okay. And yesterday, that's interesting. I didn't even. I would have never guessed, to be honest. But uh,
1: there were certain shots where, like, they would when those shots where they were far away from him. Mm-hmm. The way that they, the way that Michael Fassbender, like postured himself I thought I was watching Steve Jobs sometimes mm-hmm. like when they would be far away from him yeah I'm like oh that's fucking Steve Jobs dude like yeah that's so great job on the makeup artist mm-hmm. just the way he acted yeah his mannerisms it's so his relationship with the secretary
0: it's so crazy like how better I mean I'm comparing Ashton Kutcher I'm comparing Michael Fass better to Ashton Kutcher yeah, which isn't it's not fair at all he's an
1: actor right Ashton is that country? his job?
0: Being an actor? Yeah, yeah.
1: Is that his claim to fame?
0: But he's just—I he feel like he's just a it? cool dude.
1: Yeah, like more—he's like th- one of—he's like uh, like people thought Michael Sarah was like you kind of just walked into a room and they were like, "Hey, man, you're cute. <laughs> you seem cool. Come on." Yeah, my,
0: Michael Sarah is definitely the type of person like like for super bad like they couldn't find anybody else and like, "Hey, you, <laughs> hey, like you get in here with the, the <laughs> cans
1: of cat food. Come on, dude."
0: And so, but fucking. Ashton Kutcher, yeah, he's an actor. He had Butterfly Effect and
1: shit. Yeah, Butterfly Effect. Dude. Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah.
0: That movie. That
1: but yeah, so... Uh, that 70s uh, show. So what cinematically did you like about the Steve Jobs movie?
0: Definitely, like, the uh, the cinematography, of course. Like, then also, like, the, the tone of it. Because going off of the Ashton Kutcher, that was definitely a more his younger years. And, uh... I was when I wa- I've i only seen it once. Okay, I'm so.
1: sorry not to cut you off. Which Steve Jobs is the Ashton Kutcher? Which one is the Michael Fat? That's just called Jobs. Oh, no,
0: that's Steve Jobs. And then Ashton Kutcher is just Jobs. It's the other way. Um, I was too so young. What did
1: you like about Jobs? And then we'll talk about Steve Jobs.
0: Jobs, I watched that when I was younger, like younger, younger. Like, mm-hmm. I think when it came out in like 2013, 2012 or some shit. And. Um, I was definitely too. Looking back, I was too young to watch it because it was a more, it was his more psychedelic vibe to it in the beginning when he was like doing acid and he came up with the idea for the Mac, and was like, and it was just the storytelling of it. I was just not like prepared at all, but looking back, it was okay. But mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, the more serious tone of it. I mean, they were both serious. Like, Jobs was more intense, like, fast-paced, like, kind of thing. Like, anxiety induced They made it more like, oh, he's trying to start a war with IBM kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And But with, uh, that really wasn't. with uh, Steve Jobs, they made it more of, like, emotional. More like, they made him, like, almost like if his, he wasn't, like, it's just a random movie. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. even a biopic. And so it was way more, like, cinematic and not so biased, I guess. It was really, like, an emotional, heartfelt, like, story. He wasn't
1: trying to go to war with IBM. He was trying to commit genocide against everybody. Mm -hmm. Committing war is, like, I love the competition. He was trying to, like, eradicate the way people thought about computers. Mm -hmm. Which, as I sat there and watched that movie in here, I was sitting on the bed watching it, Mm -hmm. I'm, like, literally in my entire life is Apple. Mm-hmm. and hmm
0: uh,
1: And one thing he kept saying is, hey, when he said to Lisa, it was like, hey, sit down and paint. And it's like, she was like, okay, click, click, click. He did the thing that I've always told people. I said, they were like, I hate Apple. And I'm like, why? <laughs> You're just like, I don't know. I'm like, you hate it because a lot of people like it. Mm-hmm. As far as ease of use goes... Apple products, by and large, are shitting on Windows products.
0: Steve Jobs is a actual genius.
1: An actual vision. He's a visionary. Yeah. I wouldn't call him the genius of it all. Mm-hmm. That was Steve Wozniak, I think his name was.
0: Mm-hmm. But The other Steve.
1: But when he... I told Amanda today, I said, that bar he said... And I remember this when I was in school for music. And we asked uh, our music business teacher. He was, he was the owner of the school and he was a conductor. Mm-hmm. And we said... These are, some of these people have, like, doctorates in music. Like, what do they need you for? So then, in the movie, he asked him, do you know that some? The, somebody, I asked the conductor one time, he said, what can you do that a metronome can't do for these musicians? <laughs> and he said, a musician plays an instrument, and the conductor plays the orchestra. And I said, that is such a fucking bar and he Mm -hmm. said that to Steve Wozniak and he said, you're the musician, I'm the conductor. And it's kind of, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, and I'm sure there's people like classical music, whatever, however boring you think it is, Mm -hmm. is one of the most complicated like types of music you could ever play. That's why it has its own like, everything when Mm -hmm. you're dealing with, like, royalties and stuff like that. Like, classical musicians, they're just different. Mm -hmm. But that was a bar because it's true. It's like, yeah, I could play, but I told Amanda, a conductor is almost like a a producer, like an executive producer. Mm -hmm. Like, the musician's job is, like, I need to play this instrument how this sheet of music plays it. But his job is to say the audience is fucking bored. So y'all need to pick it up. This section you're a little low. You're not playing with any emotion. Mm. In this section you need to fucking come in on the one, or maybe come in a little bit after the one. So you need to pay attention to this weird little yeah. stick, and you need to pay attention <laughs> heavy, all of you. And you have to command these people who do have doctorate degrees. They're probably, mm-hmm. some half of them probably think they could do your fucking job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Half of them probably think like I could do what the fuck he's doing. And and I've watched a live orchestral recording before. Yeah. And I was terrified. <laughs> why? It's a lot of moving parts. And that's why I understood what he was saying about... At the time, Windows and IBM were like... You're definitely way too young to remember like IBM, at least. Windows, mm-hmm. everybody's familiar with. I do
0: with. like the the metaphor of the conductor and the orchestra. Yes. Because it just reminds me of, like, how filmmaking is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how... Exactly. I love how... Because what I... The reason... What, like, what I would compare it to is obviously me playing football in high school for all four years. It's, like, thinking about... The, like, I love... Every time I even watch football, like, let alone play. Like, even when I watch football, I have that, like, it sounds weird when I say it out loud, but like that spiritual connection with the quarterback, whoever's playing quarterback, because it's like they're, while they're backing up, like one, like obviously the one metaphor would be like, they're the one, they're the leader of, while everything's going on, the quarterback is the guy that everybody relies on, that everybody is going after, even on the offense and defense. But like for those five seconds where like, when the ball hikes and they, and he steps back, he has you know that pocket of like there's so much chaos going on, but like like within in those five seconds, he's like, holy shit, like i'm this is fucking happening, you know what I mean, and so I kind of empathize like relate to that to where it's like I love the position of the quarterback because for me, I operate so well when I'm not thinking about myself, like anything that distracts me from like me Mm -hmm. so like with the quarterback like he's worried about what's going on around him he's worried about the wide receivers running the routes and everything but like other than that it's all about the quarterback but like i don't know there's just like a weird connection where to where like i really love things that make me don't think about myself
1: you're a team player it's Mm -hmm. a uh i think that's probably why your dad was pushing like firefighting and military so much on you because he probably saw that's how you thrive is when you're a part of something yeah. that's not yourself. For sure. That's not self-absorbed. And that's, that's a, that's a great trait because I think most creatives, we tend to be that way. Mm-hmm. We, we, are very introverted, but we love to be with other mm-hmm. like introverts, which is like the crazy sure. thing. Like like you have a circle of friends. They're like, oh, things. we're
0: exactly the same. We yeah. should definitely stick together. Yeah. We should thing.
1: never like we should always never go out together. We should <laughs> always just go to each other's houses and be in the house. Yeah. Together.
0: Let's do what we like doing. Yeah, Kind of thing. I don't want
1: to go to the club like that. But anywho, that is a a great way to I think you can make that correlation if you have any experience doing a team sport? Mm-hmm. You have any military experience? For even ROTC. Sure. Mm-hmm. like there's being a
0: part of like literally any team, like like you said, like any like thing that involves multiple people and uh, like one person is a leader, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And
1: so that's why I don't like that's why those because not I'm to push it back to like rich and poor, but rich sports are very singular. Golf, tennis, mm-hmm. Fucking the closest thing you probably get to teamwork. F one. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like yeah, F one. Like if you're rich, you have a lot of singular sports because you have a lot of money behind you. When you're on a, a team, behind you,
0: one person, yeah. Yeah,
1: but when you have a team, we're on a fundraiser. We're washing cars mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. We're doing all of this stuff. When you're in a band, all of that. Stuff requires mm-hmm. like that I, mentality. It
0: is like for me, I like the trait that I'm okay with not being the leader of something.
1: Yes, you know
0: what I mean. Like,
1: I don't have to be the number one.
0: Where it's like, like being in a band, because I would always think when I was younger, it's like, how is someone like okay with not being like the lead singer of the band? You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Like.
0: Or like when a band is named after somebody, like the the band uh, Van Halen, mm-hmm. it's like how does like they're just okay with naming it Van Halen? And I'm now being older, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. There's
1: a guy who's like, I just like playing the drums. I don't fucking
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like I just want to play guitar, bro. And I that like shit's you guys, sick. so yeah, and so hang out. So yeah, J- Steve Jobs. I should I didn't put it on Letterbox, but I did put Jackie. That's what I watched. Yes. Okay. And Jackie Oh my God. And that's
1: about Jackie Kennedy. Yes. The wife of uh, John JF- F. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. J F K.
0: And that movie I watched it like three times this week.
1: Okay, so where did it start with her life?
0: So in the it started uh moments after um uh, JFK's assassination.
1: Okay. Oh, okay, okay. That's pretty cool.
0: And so and it just i i just love the the like that concept of like telling a story about Jackie Kennedy in her most vulnerable vulnerable moments and just how she is as a person and how um it's, uh, the movie really showed how in control she was of her own narrative of her own self
1: it was very progressive
0: and ve- very powerful mm-hmm. and, like mm-hmm. self-empowering and I just love how That's what they
1: called her a lesbian a lot. <laughs> and
0: how like sh- like um meticulous she was and how much she cared about how everything was represented and how she was trying to fight for um uh the funeral to be open casket. And I was and she was like, I want to know I want them to know what they did to my husband, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And like she was, And just the storytelling, even in the cinematography of how everything was so symmetrical and put together. And there was I, there was uh, there was handheld shots, but everything was on a dolly and everything was so set. But whenever anything was handheld, it wasn't in chaotic moments. It was only when she was like in her mind, like not OK. Mm-hmm. And it was just such good storytelling through every aspect of the movie. And
1: um, was there like a timeline of. Would it cover the
0: movie? Uh, it, it the main timeline was she's like the story is she's being interviewed by a journalist mm-hmm. directly and, after the yeah like, like a debut. week okay, like well. a week after uh, JFK got assassinated, but uh, she's talking about between the moment he got assassinated. It's like storytelling basically, mm-hmm. and uh, just she's just saying and she, even when she's in control of what the journalist is writing down. Like, she'll say some shit and she'll start crying and tell a sad story. But she's like, you're not going to publish that. Like, I'm not going to let you leave my house, you know, with that written down. Like, you're not going to do that. And she was just so in control. And uh, not even to mention my favorite actress, Natalie Portman, Mm -hmm. the fucking bodying that role, like insane. But Jackie, my favorite biopic, because I watched it once when it came out. And then I bought it on Blu-ray not too long ago, and then I watched it like three times. But just, it's, it's, it's such a good, such a great representation of Jackie Kennedy because of how she was as a person and how just in control she was of her, herself. Like, she was just in control. And that shit's so sick. But, yeah. That's what I watch. I watch Jackie. Five stars on Letterboxd. For sure. Perfect, perfect biopic. Besides maybe Malcolm X.
1: Which, okay, yeah.
0: Which we could probably hop into that a little bit.
1: We're talking about Denzel Washington. Denzel, Malcolm yeah.
0: X, right? The Malcolm X
1: movie. Yes. Because that thing is long as hell. Because <laughs> that was back then when they was like, oh, biopic? Like, we're going to <laughs> go from when they were born yeah, to when they died.
0: John David Washington is in Malcolm X, too.
1: What, as a kid?
0: Yeah. He's in the classroom?
1: You know, I'm not sold on him. I watched uh, Tenet, and I was like, you're phoning it in some parts, man. You're really phoning it in. I don't know if you kind of deserve this role.
0: He know, okay.
1: Because the Black Klansmen loved him. I feel like that's yeah. more his personality. He's, How def- do you feel he's definitely a little goofball. Along there personalities. Yeah, he definitely seems like a witty kid, like, not a witty kid. Like, he was that kid in school, like, he was cool with everybody.
0: Malcolm X, I mean, not Malcolm X, Malcolm and Marie, I should say. Um, He, there was Zendaya and John David Washington, incredible acting. The film itself,
1: terrible writing, basic writing.
0: Just the, when you think about the writing of, like, or the, the 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 what's it called the actual substance of the in within the writing mm-hmm. like what they're talking about and they're talking about black problems and representation from uh LA Times and they're talk and they're making a big deal that he's a, because in the movie John David Washington plays Malcolm which is he's a filmmaker and he, the movie is about him coming home from his uh debut mm-hmm. or from a premiere I mean and um He's he's already reading reviews online, and he and then the reporter, the journalist, uh, emphasized how oh he's a black filmmaker in you know the 21st century and making a big deal. He's like why the fuck does everybody have to keep emphasizing that I'm black kind of thing, which is what I was saying on the first episode. It's like mm-hmm. whatever, but um, the fact that all this great writing. It's like, where the fuck is this coming from from this white dude that wrote it and directed it? You know what I mean? And also the movie is about, like, I feel like he wrote this movie. I forgot his name. But he wrote this movie to get his shit off, basically. Because I feel like it's almost an autobiography. Yeah. Because he's talking about a reporter leaving a bad review on his movie.
1: This is a black dude who wrote this movie or white dude? white dude. He just.
0: Sam Levinson, yeah, he did Assassination Nation.
1: That's a little. Uh... And he, he created Euphoria. That
0: yeah, of. the Zendaya oh, s- a okay. show. Mm. But I feel like he was trying to get he his said shit that off. Was weirdo. About like, I don't know. It Levinton. was
1: Levinson. Who's his parents? I don't fucking know. That name sounds familiar. But.
2: Yep.
0: Barry Levinson.
1: Mm-hmm. You know that name? Yeah. That name sound. That's a.
0: I didn't know they were related, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, Levinson, not. Let's not. Okay. We'll move on. I don't want to make the connection, but let's just assume they're in Hollywood, and his last name is Levinson. His dad knows people who knows people, and that's how you get to write. Euphoria and mm-hmm. Malcolm and Marie. Like, and don't, like, Malcolm Marie is a great film. It sounds like us, but you're, I haven't seen it, so I'm not gonna speculate too much on it, but well, what it sounds like, and what I've heard other people say for his mediocrity, is like, you exactly explained it. It's like, he was trying to get his shit off. And that, to me, would be like, ugh. That's like, we're being a crybaby.
2: Did good Morning Vietnam. Mm-hmm
0: for Best Director, for Rain Man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Of course, oh, wow. He's a fucking legend. Barry yeah, Barry Levis is a fucking
1: god. The sun is like... You get, some, you get some cultural cachet because of your dad. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Rain Man. Is that a biopic? No. Because I Google, I put in biopic on Netflix, and that popped up, and I was like, what the hell? Is it a bi... I don't think it's a biopic. A lot of stuff popped up that was like based on a true story, so I was like, is that not a... Based on a true story?
0: Yeah. Rain Man? I don't think so. I think it's just a good ass movie.
1: <laughs> like
0: it's fucking. I remember watching that for the first time. In my mind being blown, like just on how good it was. That's the first time I ever seen a Lamborghini Countach was in that
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> you already know why I'm laughing.
0: <laughs> Is it fucking always sunny? Yeah. But um um yeah, Rain Man, Good Morning Vietnam, mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. But
2: yeah. Yeah, so he was already in definitely trying to get one off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Malcolm,
0: and Malcolm Frank, Marie for sure. killed it. I'll just say cinematography wise killed it. Okay. It's just I mean, I talked about Malcolm Marie plenty mm-hmm, of times mm-hmm, I think.
1: It mm-hmm. <laughs> really right, was just the, 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 the story.
0: The, the the story I should say the story the
1: story bothers you because it seems a tad bit like self-serving
0: right. yeah it's like you're only writing this because you got a bad review out on LA Times pretty yeah, much that's,
1: and that's why I asked who his parents were because that sounds like a sense of like entitlement yeah like, either entitlement or I'm trying to prove myself like my dad yeah and if you're gonna co-opt whatever the cool thing is at the moment in right. order to get it off, right. like you can't write a movie about yourself and then put a black guy as mm-hmm. it yeah. Cause that just seems like you're using it because of basically what was going exactly. on at the time, and it's just like now mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to watch the movie. Right. Yeah,
2: because it was like oh, it, like you said, you were so excited for the thought of these actors and these people. The, and just
0: the, the whole
2: the yeah, like, off of like the little bits of the trailer, you know, the still pics and all of this stuff. For and sure. And then all of a sudden you see the movie and it's
0: like. And I'm like, this is kind of whack. I was disappointed. I shouldn't say it's a whack movie or a bad movie. I just had really, really high yeah. expectations. I think a
1: lot of people did, especially because he put it out. Who, well, let me not say him. His production company put it out. It's a Netflix
0: like, original, so.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's like they put it out the same time as. Uh, didn't they come out around the same time as Slim and Queen and. Queen, Queen and Slim and, Slim and
0: uh, no, it came out earlier. It came out in January.
1: And when did Queen and Slim come out?
0: Like 2019, like Maybe I don't know like November
1: 2019. I don't like co-opting. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Like what do you mean? Because like, it
1: seems I just feel like there was that was like honestly, I couldn't tell you over the past five years what year is what year. Because it all kind of runs together, like yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah, like Black movies, Black empowerment. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've cinema. been fucking.
0: I mean, you know this rant that I go on and this, this problem, this huge like frustration I have. I'm, I want to talk about it again. Fuck it, we're gonna go in. about? It's not bl- like
1: everybody listens to every episode. About
0: Black cinema, yeah, that's true. We'll talk. About no this. one listened again to the first episode. On
1: episode like 150, like.
0: Yeah. So I'll just say it right now with bl- the frustration I have with black cinema is that it's all I mean I I hate repeating myself but it's all just reminders that like if like obviously I'm not black but it's just like yeah these are black people you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's like we fucking know kind of thing mm-hmm. and the 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 titles that they put on like the title of black cinema and the title of uh, like or it goes under the category of black voices and you're going to put 12 years a slave under black voices mm, yeah, you're going to put I'm fucking dude. fruitvale station under black, black voice. voices no. like what the fuck are that's we not doing what we're here <laughs> like why are like why are we being constantly that's
1: american history
0: like why are we constantly being reminded of Again, like
1: and that's- you brought up, that's American history. That's not black voices. That's, At all. That's your, that's American. That's like, what you know what black voices is? is? Put
0: Moonlight on there. Yeah. Like, put on something that doesn't fucking... Harlem
1: Nights. Those are like fucking black... <laughs> black cinema.
0: It doesn't, it's not original enough. It, people, and a lot of, I'm just going to say, a lot of colored people do this too, like, and, and obviously white people do it all the time. But like... Like, they're using that label of black cinema of, like, there's no creativity within it. They're just, like, they're almost opportunists. They're not artists. They're just, like, oh, black cinema, I'm black. And I'm a I want, I'm a filmmaker. I should use this opportunity right now mm-hmm. in this climate. Like I'm gonna make a movie because it'll sell. It'll be a thing. You know, people will support it. But yeah. like and you're just making a movie about the main like Queen and Slim. You're just gonna make a movie where the main characters die at the end. Yeah. It's and like I,
1: and I don't blame them because like you said, white movies do it too. So there's a part of me.
0: But it's like, are we gonna keep doing that? No. Are we gonna make black cinema keep going into this 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 fucking downward spiral of just being reminded that pr- police brutality like what happened to movies are supposed to be an escape from reality when every single movie with a black lead is just constantly reminding you that you're black. You well, know it's what I mean?
1: like you said though it's like that's the difference between escapism and cinema like how I watch movies for it. That's why I don't mm-hmm. watch movies like Judas and the Black Messiah because that's not escapism. It's like
0: why are we why are we having movies like this being made with such high budget? Because that's you what know I mean.
1: For a lot of people, that's their only. That's kind of like me. It's like, and do my we not
0: know this shit already? Ex- like, why can't we have exposure. original fucking movies with black people? Like, why can't the director be black and the main character be black and that's it? And make an original fucking movie. I just think. There should be, and like we, even with Mexican fucking cinema, there's no fucking shit being. made. You know what? We got a fucking Cesar Chavez biopic, and that's it, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And you think we we really want a fucking movie about Mexican slaves? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, Selena? I like we're gonna get Selena about the fucking greatest artist of all time being shot
1: for the third time,
0: and it's like, what the? F- it's it makes there's me been, so mad.
1: Movie documentary and now there's another like now there's a series on netflix
0: and that's what got me a, a good thing we brought this up because it reminds me of soul like yeah. soul isn't truly a black movie it's just oh we're gonna make a movie about us like i this is how i think disney did it they're like okay we'll make a movie about a soul and like you know the after the after what was the great beyond mm-hmm. they're like we'll we'll have that concept and like we could do soul music, we could do jazz, and they're like, "Fuck it, we'll put a black dude in there because that's popping. You know what mm-hmm. I mean like I love soul, but it's like I feel like there's so much politically driven cinema g- happening, and it's it's fucking ruining it like there's there's such a blend, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. I fucking hate it
1: yeah, so, I would, it depends on what you consider as a black person and like even with that new movie too.
0: luca like is like that's such a fucking l g b t q fucking parallel and it's is like it? well, yeah
1: oh because he's like transgender and it's, it's like, like why the f-
0: like you could just like s- you know what i mean it's so like i don't want to say obvious but it's just there you know what i mean and they did the same thing with soul when it's i don't know i just got myself worked up
1: because it's, <laughs> it's a it's
0: exhausting thinking about like where black cin- or just colored cinema is going you know what i mean
1: it's because they're trying to shove everything into one. I was thinking about that earlier today. They tried to make them. What Hollywood is trying to do? I'm not like you said. I'm not against you telling the story or saying or telling my. I don't mind Soul, and I like the fact that you a trip that you had all black people playing jazz because jazz is African American music. Mm-hmm. But, like but I'm, said, I'm just saying you
0: can make all the characters in Soul white, like the, and it'll like be the, the same fucking movie.
1: And that's where you have to be careful.
0: And they're just like, oh, we'll put, well, we have you a black dude. A we'll black put him person. in the, we'll put him in the barbershop. We'll put him in this, and make, we'll make try to make it a black film. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta do that.
1: You, they have,
0: then they just fucking used that, like, they just used that it's a, it's as, not as a tool.
1: Because you gotta, how much do how, you know about black culture? Is the question.
0: I'm not black, so I that's, don't know and a and lot. That's
1: the question. You always have to ask yourself when you are judging these movies you're like oh you're co-opting and it's like yeah to people who are and i should like,
0: have prefaced this like i'm obviously not black yeah it's just like, so but it's just i i the there's, things there's i black see
1: kids who had to see that because mm-hmm. there are movies that you're like oh you like trolls like oh, uh, you got a hip you got hip-hop trolls but it's like they act quote-unquote black yeah but none of them are black Mm-hmm. It's just like any you, you use hip hop in movies and you use all of that stuff, but you never see mm-hmm. the black. It, it's people. just like,
0: do we need to see Judas and the Black Messiah? Or some did...
1: people did. I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. But you gotta you gotta ride the river when you can. When the current is going your way, you gotta take it when you can. Because we're not Horrible. the ocean. We are, We needed
0: a biopic. We're
1: a bunch of the, we the minorities we in this country. You got to imagine yourselves on a raft and we're floating in a sea of white. So when the current goes our way and we can head to shore, you got to fucking take it when you can. So that's just, that's the political part of it. When you're a person on the other side as a person of color, you're going to have to go through it too. If you ever want to make it how you see it, mm. you're going to have to co-op too. Mm. If you want to get a brown story across, you're going to have to play to the... Mm. You're going to have to find every brown thing you can and shove it into one movie <laughs> yeah. because they're never going to give you a chance to get out each and new each nuanced mm. part of, of the culture. Mm-hmm. That's why all those movies are like that. That's why you got to shove Luca in there while you can. Mm. And that's why you got to shove... And I don't... Let me say this. I don't like the fact that they do do that. I don't like that you're trying to shove brown mm. Native American... That's why you get BIPOC. It's like, like man, you let's we throw got, y'all all in the same boat.
0: We got Moana. Yeah, we gonna deal we with got y'all. God. Like that's cool. Like uh, that's why I say I don't hate soul. I no, don't. I don't, ha- don't. I mean, don't hate so great, Luka. I know
1: exactly what saying. I don't like the fact that they're like, let's try to hurry up and get it all in while we can because we're definitely gonna revert right back to what we were mm-hmm. doing before. Which is a bunch of uh, like white main characters because mm-hmm. it's going to be more. Yeah, let's, g- American. let's give them
0: Coco. Let's give them Moana. Let's give them Soul. Let's get it out of the way, and then let's now. go back to let's fucking. Because
1: then that way you can say, "Shut up! We gave you your mm-hmm. movies. Like yeah, you guys have Coco. Every you're getting every type of ethnicity out the way. You're not just it getting isn't it Asian. blatant. You're it's... getting North Asian. You're getting In South Pacific. Asian with the Raya. You're getting Pacific with the Moanas. You're getting... you The island has got to come up next. The Caribbean has got to come up next. They haven't done... So did, you got Luca, which was Italian, which is still a more brown European. Like mm-hmm. like I said before, they treated them like black people back then. And it's, so it's, it's very like... I get why you're... I know what they're doing, and I get why certain producers are... It is a disgusting... I listen to, me and Amanda listen to, a, we all do, listen to a lot of people who are in Hollywood, or at least Hollywood adjacent, Yeah, and they tell you about how fucking disgusting it is. It's terrible. That's why I get so frustrated. That's why you get frustrated, because you're not mad at the movies, you're mad at that's Why, like, we it. didn't
0: have, we didn't need this right now.
1: At the moment. But then there's a part of you that's like, you did. Because like I said, you got to ride the current. Because you, these producers only see, I've listened to a lot of people. And then I was listening to uh Crystal Ball and Sagar. They they do the, they used to do The Hill. They have another podcast now. There's those political commentators who are, like, very centrist. Mm-hmm. They don't do a lot of, like, flip and They call their side when they call their side. Yeah. So they were saying that this country is is almost beyond reprieve when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. Like they said, there was a book about that Obama wrote. It was basically about how manufacturing in Middle America essentially dried up within like a year. It was like, all right, y'all are on fire now because <laughs> all your jobs are in China mm-hmm. and. I that's why I never get mad at middle America because I empathize with them. I'm like because there's a person who said I don't give a shit that there's thirty thousand people who gotta feed their families. You get people like Jeff Bezos who call like warehouse workers lazy. You know what I'm saying? There's mm. and they and me and them, and when you're in the military, you meet a lot of officers like that. You're like you're lazy, yeah, because you didn't decide to become an officer. Or I'm better than you because I work. Yeah, it's like dude. Shut the yeah. fuck up. Like, go, kiss, like kiss my fucking ass. And there's a lot of that in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, it's nepotism, one, but it's so, there's nothing to do with art. It is, it all goes back to, like, finance again. Mm-hmm. Like, once you get people who can, like, own a piece of stock in a company that makes movies, mm-hmm. you've lost the ability to make movies. That's why I hate That's why I like the Jobs movie, Mm -hmm. because it showed what shareholders really are. Mm -hmm. They kept talking, and I'm glad we got back on this, because they (laughs) kept talking about the Apple II. Mm -hmm. And his thing was, I don't give a shit about the Apple II anymore. We're fucking moving on. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is the only thing that's making us money. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't give a shit about money. You keep trying to repackage bullshit, and then you're trying to give it back to them at a higher markup. And that's not what I'm trying to fucking do. Mm-hmm. It came, it went. Thank you, good fucking bye. Mm-hmm. You could have said thank you to the developers, of course. Yeah, but but Steve Jobs didn't. A lot of these people, I think these are these big visionaries like Jeff Bezos. Well, Jeff Bezos is kind of like he's a visionary, but you're kind yeah. of just a like you're just a little. You're a guy who has like a chip on his shoulder. I consider him. I don't yeah. consider him a visionary. You're just like I'm gonna shit on these fools. Like, yeah. But Elon Musk, you get people like Elon Musk, like somebody's—they're well, they're like just on such a, a money is a vehicle for me to get these ideas out. I can't drill under LA unless I have billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's just it, and that's all mm-hmm. because you have corrupt politicians. There is a level of like government gets in the way of progression like they're like well we're gonna need our cut essentially mm-hmm. we need our money and we're gonna take a long time to fucking approve this paperwork you know mm-hmm. so there is that when you get into big hollywood there's people who own stock in universal
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that sucks because now you have people who aren't creatives
0: mm-hmm.
1: who sole purpose these hedge fund managers these fucking financial kids, these people playing with AMC stock. Yeah. These people aren't creatives. They, and I actually Googled it, and they're like, well, yeah, I'm a creative because I figured out how, You no, you're just playing with arithmetic. (laughs) You're you're taking dollars on, you're taking cents on a dollar or pennies on a dollar, and you're moving them here, and you're making it a transaction times 20,000, and you made somebody a million dollars a day, and that got your rocks off. Mm-hmm. Good fucking job. I mean, fine, but they were talking about hedge funds. These hedge fund people, which is mm-hmm. just... A hedge fund is just, for anybody who doesn't know, it's just you give your money to these people who play the odds for you, essentially, because you don't know how to fucking do yeah. it. <laughs> so they get a percentage of it, and what they do is, like, their company owns your stocks, and it's it's a dirty fucking game, but the same game leaks over into... Hollywood, which what we were talking about with China, and how they, when they get their fingers into stuff, how the movie legitimately goes down yeah. in value because you're trying to make it too worldly. Mm-hmm. Well, we watched Monster Hunter, and it is a fucking awful movie because <laughs> yeah. then you can tell that they take a lot of dialogue out. Mm-hmm. They take, because you're like, you can't talk, you can't say certain things, you can't give people in China too much hope, essentially. Yeah, you can't have yeah. them thinking too freely. Mm-hmm. Anything that sounds like it's remotely against China, you can't... And then, anybody who's saying you're being anti-Chinese, yes, I am. I don't <laughs> give a shit. And then it's all in the translation, too,
2: so now they have to translate it in
1: Mandarin, which has been around thousands of years before English, Mm -hmm. so there's so much like yeah, it doesn't translate into us. And Mm -hmm. if you say that over here, that's kind of disrespectful. Yeah. And if they
2: make the like action
1: scenes like extra, extra, they they got blown up in a Humvee and they rolled. I promise you for three minutes straight, it was a (laughs) slow motion flashing scene for three minutes of the. (laughs) You would
2: have (laughs) died.
1: The monsters suck. Everything sucked. Ron Perlman was in it. Then you get stuff like John Cena apologizing for recognizing a country who said they're a country.
0: Time out. I want to move on from this political, but you mentioned John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) And today is June 26th, Saturday. Yesterday, Fast and Furious 9 came out. It did? Yeah. I
1: got to go watch it later. (laughs) I didn't know Uh. that. Oh, my God. The I need some beer from, and some uh, beef jerky, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the guy from, um, what's the... I was just
1: trying to lighten
0: this podcast up a little bit. Because we were getting a little... Because, I don't like it. Because we were getting frustrated with just our problems right. with cinema. The, Mayans, but...
2: the guy from the Mayans, I guess,
1: is supposed to be like... Um, what's his name's dad? Ron Perlman. No. <laughs> the
0: Mayans the Mayans not the Sons of argue. Right, the
1: show, the oh I was talking about Monster Hunter because Ron Proman <laughs> was in Monster Hunter too if he Ron Proman
0: was in Fast and Furious 9 I'm back I'm watch it. I'll watch am watch it I don't
1: it. know why he isn't
0: he seems like something he'd probably do yeah,
1: he should be a guy he
0: should be there. Doms and John Cena's bro- uh, father
1: you know what I watched Hobbs and Shaw the whole background of the story doesn't seem too bad <laughs> the CIA thing at uh, the end with the tech, Hobbs the and Shaw tech tech ter- that's the, te- the
0: one where he has the kid right
1: the te- yeah the tech terrorist
0: tech terrorist I actually do con- understand I've confused 8 Hobbs and Shaw and <laughs> 7 I don't remember 7 I don't think I've ever seen 7 to be honest I don't think I watched 8 I think I just watched Hobbs and Shaw to be honest have I seen 8 <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'm trying to decide if i've seen what
0: what is eight Can about you,
1: yeah tell me the, oh dom the the kid that's eight, that's, that's eight, eight that's eight, eight. that's, that's eight. the one i, I didn't watch yeah, and that's the one yeah you uh, eight, that's the one you hated. i hated eight. i loved
0: it so much menda so that's the one where his fucking car is about to explode and he wins the race in reverse <laughs>
1: Now, tell me what's more believable, that (laughs) or pulling a military grade helicopter back to the tow truck. With a chain.
0: Like, catches the helicopter. He doesn't even pull it, he
1: catches it. And fuck, ugh. Not the hero we wanted. But the hero we needed is the rock. Okay? (laughs) Not the hero we wanted. Military grade helicopter can pick up thousands of tons. Hundreds he at least. His, he needs a
2: at least Doesn't he have a show about his
0: life? <coughs> oh I yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just came out. I haven't watched it, but he uh they should just make a Hobbes movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't need Shaw. We don't
0: need Shaw just just Hobbes.
1: Yeah, we don't need Hobbes in the Italian job.
0: We need Hobbes like I would like to, damn, what if I made it? A Hobbes movie where it's mi- like That's what made Fast Five so good though.
1: <laughs> Leading a leading up
0: leading up to Fast Five. Like a prequel almost.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: That would be good.
1: Yes. Because I actually had to look up what agency he'll work for. And that's yeah, what the fuck agency. does he
0: do? <laughs>
1: that's actually a real fucking agency. What does he do? He works for the uh the it's some type of like it's almost like the State Department. It's it's basically uh
0: what is the rock in fast and
1: furious? Hobbs he's just some guy job
0: I'm trying to think of a uh, job movies. fast
1: and furious
0: oh sorry was dead air real quick
1: is a diplomatic security force diplomatic what is that services it's essentially like, like it. it's like a subset of the state department. And you're essentially security for, like, diplomats. And you sometimes inside of those agencies, they have, like, what Hobbes is. is like you're kind of like an investigator Mm -hmm. that kind of seeks out threats before they become, like, a real threat hmm Or kind of like CIA almost. Like, you go in and you find You're like, hey, this guy might be a problem. Yeah. So you go and do it. And sometimes you find out, like, oh, he's in the middle of doing something, some really shady shit. That's what happened in Fast and Furious. Yes. Okay. That's really So why, it's honestly. That's why Fast and Furious actually isn't. People are like, that's so unfucking believable I'm like,
0: Talk but to no, no. some
1: of these CIA people. There's some The ba- like, The, the only believable part is, world. like, the
0: background, the, the, the. The action. The bare bones of it is believable. Yes. But that the execution of everything? Like, what whatever the f- this what are we scene is in new
1: one where they're knocking over the military-grade, like, train or whatever the fuck it is yeah. with two sports cars. I'm like, I need to see that scene in real life to figure out how you can stop something that can knock over a building, essentially. I'm
0: just saying, where's Ja Rule at? They need to bring Ja Rule. Dude, if
1: he shows up.
0: And he's like the mastermind behind everything. You every- said
1: that before. Nobody's going to believe that. We're going to kill that storyline now. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe that Ja Rule was the mastermind behind it all. Charlize Theron is a bad guy now, so no.
0: But like, imagine Fast and Furious 11. They're like, Ja Rule.
1: Will they recruit? They recruit everybody from the first one to do the same scene from the first one, where Monica. all the cars come out. Well,
0: they're like one, like it all comes out. Like we end this all off of one race, just like quarter mile, fucking just like the first. I'm gonna start
1: crying now.
0: And they're fucking. They. Oh my god.
1: You gotta start crying, ain't you? Yeah,
0: I was. I just thought of Paul Walker. I did too, <laughs> man.
1: I thought of Paul Walker too. How you gonna have a quarter mile without? Paul Walker, man. RP, dude.
0: Uh, I still want to remake Fast and Furious though. The Fast and the Furious, the first one.
1: Paul Walker should have been in the MCU.
0: He would have been by now. No, oh, yes. When he twenty fourteen he died? Twenty fourteen, I wanna say.
1: Yes. He would have definitely been in the MCU. He would
0: have been like
1: He could've played a bad guy, a good guy, a funny guy. He could have played Captain
0: He could have played funny. Captain America low key. Oh, he died November 30th.
1: 2013.
0: Fuck. <sighs> <sighs> he could have been Winter Soldier.
1: He that would have been, he been he fire. He would have been an amazing S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Imagine
0: Paul Walker, Winter Soldier. He could have been Tell like me that's Nick not Fury
1: 2. He could have been Nick Fury too. He could have played Brian O'Connell, but if he never stopped He would have been an Ant-Man.
0: He would have been one of the guys in his crew, mm-hmm. the heist crew, he would have
1: been funny.
0: He would have been a funny in Ant-Man.
1: He, he might have been Michael Pena's job.
0: I need to be in Hollywood as a casting director.
1: At least. We We're going to get to Hollywood. Man. Like, literally
0: only being a script supervisor and a casting director, I'll be all right. I'll be. We've got to
1: know people. people. Who can we meet that we can get in? Somebody hit us up. Let us know. If you no, know what somebody. we got to
0: do. I don't want to give out free game. But I'll just say it. Why
1: not for the Patreon at least? be okay. free.
0: So market. This, this is what we got to do. Yeah, skip this
1: kind of thing. You think that's how it's going to work? But
0: they're like, get dead the fuck by away. Time you
1: get there. But anyway, we should go to film festivals. Though. I was going to say tell you that we should at least start like visiting film festivals. Mm-hmm. Like going to go, I'll go watch these things that you like to watch. These mm-hmm. fucking cinematic masterpieces. Yeah. Or from what I that, hear, those are. A lot what... of, laughing moments
0: those are where all the good movies are yeah premiere that's they where they all come. premiere Yeah, before
1: they get out yeah. and then they said there's some movies where you're like I can't believe I just watched that that was the most terrible movie I've ever yeah. seen and it is hilarious that cause that's where that that all good.
0: literally that's why I said it's where all the good movies premieres cause people who respect cinema enter their films at can. like mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino still enters his films in film festivals like that's how much he like you know supports mm-hmm. the art like once upon a time in Hollywood was at Cannes and a uh, good time, you know, a good time premiered at Cannes and there was a five minute standing ovation at the end, like five minutes straight. Isn't that crazy?
1: That is crazy. Five minutes. I'd be like, all right, yo. I'd be like, hey, Damn.
0: even if I'm getting the praise, it's like, hey, we're right. good now.
1: Yeah. Like, stop. i have been standing for five minutes. <laughs> That's a long time. To You're just be standing. like. People but... get out of the movie theater faster than five
2: minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Have you ever clapped after a movie in the movie theater?
1: No. I think that's super corny. I've started a clap. I think I've, I've definitely started it, but I then I immediately stop and be like, and then I stop, and then everybody starts clapping.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch Quentin Tarantino's last movie in the movie theaters when it comes out, whenever it comes out, and I'm going to cry, and I'm going to clap. I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to be like,
2: Fuck
0: it. on his hit. on his last movie mm-hmm. that's gonna be the saddest day of my life it's gonna be the best day but as soon as the movie ends it's a written directed by Quentin Tarantino I'll be like
1: fuck and it's kind of like in game where you're like it's the end of a saga
0: yeah And just thinking about the day that Quentin Tarantino's movie comes out I'm just like
1: sad will it make you upset if he makes an 11th movie? yeah Yep, Mike I'll be Jay-Z, like, "Are you fucking serious?" Mike Jay-Z, you're like, "You retired, motherfucker. What are you doing?"
0: Now he's on like album number thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> but but you're happy. You? I'm like, "Oh fuck, another Quentin Tarantino." But now, but it would make it worse because like you don't even know if it's his last movie, kind of thing. Which is why I love him. He was like, "I'm making ten movies, and that's it. Like I'm done, and that's like the best thing to possibly do because it's like." You can't just be like, I'm going to make this movie, this movie, this movie, this movie. Because it's like, then you can, then you like, in your mind, you're like, I can, you know, waste this one. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But if you're like, I only have 10 chances. So I'm going to make each single one. And he's never missed. And so it's like, I'm going to make every single movie fucking a hitter. Because I only have 10 of these. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you like in your mind you're like I'm only gonna make t-
1: only ten is weird to say because the fact that Quentin Tarantino has directed ten movies, most di- most directors get like four tops. Mm-hmm. And even even like amazing movies. But, but when you
0: but the what blows my mind like always and why I mean, obviously Quentin Tarantino is a he'll
1: so definitely never stop producing, I'm sure. And he makes so money now.
0: He uh like the facts just the story of Reservoir Dogs of how that's the first like that's his debut he's never he like that's the thing about Quentin Tarantino he didn't make short films mm-hmm. he didn't make anything he was out the gate with Reservoir Dogs
1: and how did he get uh...
0: he sold uh, the script to True Romance or he sold the script to uh, True Romance script and he sold uh, Natural Born Killers and he used that money To make Reservoir Dogs, and then that, and then out the gate you have Reservoir Dogs, like are you like you know what I mean? Yeah. How did
1: he afford the cast?
0: Uh, Harvey Keitel hopped on and uh, produced it with him.
1: So he basically just gave him some money.
0: Yeah, because before the budget was like not that much, but once once he got Harvey Keitel on and Steve Buscemi. Uh, the budget went up to like one. The budget was only one point five million, which is back not then, that's a, lot. a lot
1: of money. But
0: for a movie, no, one point no, five no. million not Even, even is, back
1: then. That's not a lot for a movie. That's so not that's, a lot. Back then, lot. that's like one point five. That's good. That's good. Let me say one point five money back then start. is
0: one point five back then is like three and a half million
1: for your opening movie. Let me say that's a great budget. It's not like you can make a blockbuster. So it is. I'm not taking. Oh yeah, that's true.
0: That's him. true. For your f- debut, anything, th- three, you have one point five million dollars. That's a blessing.
1: If you got one point five, you can make a pretty decent movie. Yeah, I'm sure. For sure. I'm sure you could.
0: But just out the gate, you're you come with Reservoir Dogs. But it's
1: still like no, even comparatively, even back then, it would have been harder with one point five because now you can make movies with an iPhone. Back then, you had mm-hmm. to buy. You had to buy film camera and lighting, which there was no LED lights like that back then. Mm -hmm. And that's why I
0: was talking to Mena about this a few weeks ago of how that's the beauty of Reservoir Dogs is that he knew he only had $1.5 million. That's why the movie takes place in one location. Like, he wrote around his limits.
1: That's a conductor. That's him seeing... This shot is going to take this much film. Mm-hmm. So, this can only take this long. We got to shoot it at. Th- that's the part about being a director that. And that's so fucking hard. Like, that's it's the not problem. Action. It's, hey, man, we got to be on the scene at 627 mm-hmm. because there's this many lumens of light. Mm-hmm. That's, and I need to get this that's shot. That's the
0: problem that, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody has, like, trying to write scripts is that, like, the difficulty of writing with your limitations is mm-hmm. so hard. Because there's a lot, but the fact that from the jump, Quentin Tarantino, the fact that Quentin Tarantino went from Reservoir Dogs, first movie, and I mean his second movie, fucking Pulp Fiction, is your second movie, your second movie, like,
1: and it's iconic. They say it's cult classic, but I'm pretty sure it's moved from that now.
0: It's not cult,
1: not it's, anymore.
0: It's definitely not. It was. It's just indie. Yeah. I mean, it
1: used to be cult classic.
0: Yeah, but I mean, no, not cult, just indie, really, because it was popular from the jump. Because everybody loved it from the jump.
1: Like, yeah, that is true. I, don't, I can't remember reading any. I had never heard anybody in my life that they didn't like Pulp Fiction. Like my every, like it was fucking. Up. He had that poster hanging up in his room, and like. Ninety seven, ninety eight, if I remember correctly, and
0: and just like, po- like I
1: remember that Uma when you got that Uma Thurman poster, I was like, my cousin had that poster twenty something years mm-hmm. ago. I remember that poster vividly.
0: Like we'll just run down the list of fucking Reservoir Dogs, and then three, three years, two years later, no, yeah, two years later, you come out with Pulp Fiction. With mm-hmm. it's it's like what the fuck, like, because that's when you got to deal with Miramax, which was. The 90s version of A24. <laughs> yeah.
1: Miramax. Miramax, they had bangers back then.
0: I will mention Not even fucking. even just
1: action movies. It was just like everything. Bro. They did, uh, they had the best thrillers out, Miramax. Mm-hmm. They worked with uh, Denzel Washington a lot back yeah. then. Miramax. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Miramax. Anybody
0: from Boston, really. Their
1: comedy movies were amazing.
0: Because they had clerks on there. They had yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah.
1: yeah she's yeah.
0: Chasing Amy, right? Mhm. I fucking like
1: they essentially shaped like early two thousands movie tape. Yeah. They made all of the movies They're, that I like yeah.
0: ever. That is, that's like the perfect comparison of yeah. Miramax that's and A twenty four. Yeah, that
1: actually when you said that I was like, I really like A twenty four movies.
0: Everybody's like trying to like I said it last episode was it la- the episode before, two episodes ago. Um, talking about how there's commercials now trying to capture the aesthetic of fucking moonlight now you know what i mean but
1: that's just like steve the steve jobs movie painted that picture he when he was like i went through 94 sharks mm-hmm. and we, he was like it's this shark i need mm-hmm. i was like people probably think they're like there's people probably watching the movie like he's a dickhead and i said oh yeah i get it mm-hmm. you know that you might have to do a shot 37 times one day yeah because you're just like that didn't come out like Mm -hmm. some people there's people like i used to be the type with like how i saw it in my head and i'd be like all right whatever like that's literally and i'm not like that no more like
0: literally i mean i've talked to you guys we've like uh had uh, off the podcast we've had a conversation about stanley kubrick and working with saul bass for his uh movie poster and how controlling i mean the ultimate perfectionist and the ultimate like Steve Jobs esque is Stanley Kubrick mm-hmm. because of how many times he would be like, let's go again, mm-hmm. let's go again, let's go. And he's shooting on film. Like, you can't just be like, like when you're shooting on film, you need like three takes. That's it. Right. And like, like,
2: like recording music on like
1: the. real to real.
0: Yeah, like we have.
1: That's actually a tad bit different because that's destructive. You can't re record on film, like on. On Realtor, oh, Realtor, you can I record rewind, over. If I rewind, it's just gonna record over it. That you can't go back it because it's superimposed. Because even with
0: real, you have like a limited amount of like space, right? You
1: have twenty-four tracks. That's the limit. Twenty-four. So like with digital music, I could have hundred and ninety-nine tracks, and mm. it, it's whatever. Yeah. But back then, it was you have twenty-four tracks, and if you're trying to do a sixty-four-piece orchestra, yeah, that's when things start oh, getting, okay. you know, kind of funky. And even is twenty-four still, a lot? No, not even because then you see. Or compared
0: still, to now, not a
1: lot. You no, know, still like an it average amount. On what you're doing, like for the most part, that's more than enough. Like okay. twenty-four track. But the thing about studios and the difference is now, like. um. Going to get into a little bit tangent here. Stereo is left and right, like in your car, yeah. like there's left channel, right channel. Well, in the studio, there's no such thing. You have to make it stereo. So there's one, there's a one and a two. I would have to plug in two mics and get a left and a right on the same instrument. So let's say I have, you have 24 tracks. You really only have 12. Is that what you're doing right now? No, we uh, are on two separate tracks. So this is a mono, the- and that's one. But okay. if I were to turn them together and then put them over a drum set, that's how you get the doo digga digga doo that's how you So get that's why hear. with mono
0: like when you listen to a mono album on vinyl, one speaker is like guitar and voice and the other one is drum and bass. Because
1: they panned it. They in the recording they took the thing and you're like Yes, that's exactly why. They're like they showed you like we panned this here. When it came in, mm-hmm. this is what you mm-hmm. we heard. And so
0: um <clears throat> I would just want to ask this question. What is, like, the real difference? Because I hear it, but I don't know what it is. The difference between analog and just digital recordings. Especially with, like, synth-based stuff.
1: Analog is exactly what it sounds like. It's like what we're doing now. The analog is anything from, like... uh, That's not a, like, digital source. Mm -hmm. That's that's the best way I can describe it. Like, my voice to... A recorder is analog. So let's say if I was in the studio and this was ongoing to real, mm. that's all analog. Because
0: it's, it's going straight It's to from the...
1: here through the board to the tape. What we're technically doing here, what this does, because back then they didn't have computers, what an interface does is it has what it literally called an audio-to-digital converter, which takes the audio from our, so it, our voices and it makes it so... That the computer can read the the audio. That blows my mind. Before it wasn't, it was literally straight to tape. And that's why it was such a big deal when people made albums back then. Because that's why they call it, that's when they say, I own my masters. Mm -hmm. There was a master recording. Mm -hmm. Like that was the reel that they made the album on. Mm -hmm. And then you made copies of that. So anything after that was what you sold to people. Okay. So a master is a. a Big fucking deal, especially back then, because even back then, 24 it went from like four to 24 in like a 20 year time. Span. It went from like we only oh, have four shit. tracks to like we have 24 tracks now, mm-hmm. and that blew people's mind. They're like, Holy shit! Like, but anywho, but that actually is very important to know. For you have to know that for movies, mm-hmm. you have to know that there's a difference between stereo and true stereo Mm -hmm. like true stereo is left mic right mic and then like stereo is like what we're getting here where it kind of cheats it Mm -hmm. where it splits the signal in half and it gives you a Mm -hmm. fake left and and there's something i'm glad
0: i'm really glad we're talking about this because there's movies that i've all week i've been like i need to tell rob about this movie i need to tell rob about this movie because there's a director his name is robert altman and he's like a huge like influence for me and like a lo- everybody basically, mm-hmm. but uh, like the Safdie brothers looked up to him. Paul Thomas Anderson, which is his birthday today. I post about it on None of This Really Matters. Happy birthday, Paul Thomas Anderson.
1: Happy birthday, PTA.
0: And so, PTA um, Robert <laughs> Robert Altman, he made this movie called uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which is like a it's like a old. I think it came out in seventy in the seventies or eighties. But the way he mixes all of the, his movies. Like, he's such a perfectionist of the audio. And that's why I say with Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safdie brothers, how the the dialogue in their movie, the way it is. Because Uncut Gems, I saw that in theaters at uh, Christown and, uh, uh, and at Arizona Center. At Arizona Center, they have the Dolby Atmos. Mm-hmm. And Uncut Gems was mixed in Dolby Atmos. Yes. So I got to actually, you know, experience yes, yes. it. At Christown, that shit was whack. Mm-hmm. but like I mean I want to say it was whack it was a theater it yeah. was regular but when I saw it the second time at Arizona Center um it's it's a completely different feel but I will you
1: feel like you're surrounded yeah it's you, like you're like the car the car horns honk and you're like what the fuck like where yeah, are you yeah. at
0: cause I will talk about audio mixing in film yeah. where like
1: that's a it's more of the film than people want to give. That's, credit That's it's for.
0: such an art within itself. It is very because much an the art way Robert itself. Altman uh, he had. I just watched it earlier this week. California, it's called California Split, mm-hmm. and uh, the way they had mixers for mixers. Yes, because of the dialogue and how many people were talking. It's called
1: a re-recording mixer.
0: And how and um,
1: you have a dialogue mixer, then you have a person who mixes that part because mm-hmm. they have to make it. Fit the aesthetic of the movie and how, i was telling you about reverb and delay yeah like,
0: using reverb and film that's what they did in uncut gems mm-hmm. it's insane like i
1: want you to know that back then that's why i get kind of off on a tangent because back then because uh, uh, what we do now like how uh people that hear the the theme song come in how it fades in that's yeah. called automation so all i do is i Tell the computer, bring the volume up here, and then come back down. And then Mm -hmm. I turn around, and it does it by itself. Back then, they didn't have that.
0: You had to You had to have
1: a person, and there were seven people, eight people sometimes, and like a 24, or like the Neve mixer, which is like 72 channels, Mm -hmm. which is like three twenty four boards in a row. Sometimes Mm it would go up to 96, like for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You would have a team of seven to 12 people, and they would have to know their parts. So what mm-hmm. you have in movies is what you call a cue sheet, which is when you see that person when they're shooting a movie and they have a, a, a notepad. Mm-hmm. And they're just you think that they're like, they're like writing ADR. notes. They're writing timestamps. They're like yeah. at this part they said this. You have to so yeah. in my in Omega I had to do that. They mm-hmm. made me do all of this. That's how I know mm-hmm. that this shit is like And like
0: with like McCabe and Mrs. Miller and, and California Split, the Robert Altman films, mm-hmm. they Like the amount, the sound, it's literally like game changing. Like, I that's why I want to show you these movies Mm because, like, I want you to like it's like sounds crazy saying it, but I want you to listen to these movies more than anything, you know what I mean? (laughs) Just so you can, like, like be like, what the fuck? Like, there's literally movies that I've never heard sound like this,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah. And like the Jazz 34 too, like, that's that's another example of like just like just sound quality was so intentional. Mm-hmm. Jazz
1: 34?
2: Yeah, as well. What, uh, what's his name? Robert Altman. Yeah. It was, uh, 1996.
1: You know that movie or something? Um,
2: uh, it was one of the, one of the films that we had to watch in school.
1: Oh, okay. But you, you're saying it had and he particular made a particular sound to yeah, it? Yeah,
2: because it was supposed to be, like, uh, what is it? Kansas City Swing Jazz.
0: Yeah. He made a Kansas City... With uh Jennifer Jason Lee and what's her name?
1: Uh, fuck I forgot her name.
0: Jennifer Jason Lee is in it. But you need a
1: laptop. You need to be on a computer. Because <laughs> you'd be like, Hey, I need them I need to answer. But um Robert Almany
0: Belafonte. Mm-hmm. He was in it. And fucking uh Yeah, but Robert Altman, like the the mixing is such a, a character in the film and it's the same thing, like the ADR. For that, like, the way they, they mixed or they put Uncut Gems is that they had, they recorded other conversations. They recorded these sounds and put them on different tracks. So where they just, like, everyone ha- was having full-on conversation. Like, the ADR script was a whole nother fucking movie. Like, there's a whole short film going on in yeah. the same scene of fucking this. And so, like, and the way they shoot, like, Paul Thomas Anderson and Robert Altman like they don't say action they're just like we're just kind of everybody fucking hang out and then the actors decide with like on their own like when they want to start the scene because we'll just be fucking recording and then mix it to where like then the music is so and that's why like there's a story with uh, mccabe and mrs miller premiering and uh, robert altman sat down next to uh, warren Beatty. he's a actor and director and uh when they when they were watching the movie Warren Beatty was like does the whole movie sound like this and Robert Altman's like yeah the whole thing sounds just and they're like it's fucking awesome isn't it and but it's just like such this like insanely like I don't know what it how to even describe it like I don't, it's crazy to me but I'm excited oh shit I'm excited for you to 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 watch these movies like California Split and uh I think McCabe and Mrs. Miller is on HBO Max. I want to say, but mm-hmm. that's the one I want you to watch is McCabe and yeah. Mrs. Miller because it's like just the audio mixing. I'm excited, just how you hear it, you know, or how mm-hmm. you think it was. You know what I mean? How it was. I told
1: you, there's a lot of movies where I'm like, I just can't watch. Like Tenant, take the Tenant.
0: Tenant. When I think of audio mixing in movies, I automatically think of Tenant.
1: <laughs> you, I, I mention it quite often. Marvel, you oh action yes. People don't get at how hard doing ADR and Foley and sound effects are mm-hmm. for
0: movies because they mix in Dolby Atmos and oh, all their yeah, movies. they definitely do because Seven that's what eight. uh that's why we got to go see uh Black Widow yeah for sure in two weeks. They we do
1: Dolby, yeah, they definitely do. That's why. The when, when Esplanade the theaters, has when, to... they, when they were zooming in when they were about to say Avengers Assemble. It sounded like you were moving through the air. <laughs> yeah, you could hear like the crowd of like people, the warriors about to get ready to fight.
0: I want to go see Black Widow so bad. I've been excited to see it for dude, so. I
1: kind of want to not see it because I'm just like y'all kept pushing it back. Like, stop fucking playing with us, dude. <laughs> You're just trying to maximize profits, and there's no time to maximize mm-hmm. them. It's a pandemic. Just put it out. Let it be out. Let it garner money. There's over a lot of a movies. Low grind.
0: There's a lot of movies. I'm glad they they stayed and didn't fucking push it out. Mm-hmm. Like there's,
1: I we don't talk about that. I wonder how many movies we didn't see because of the pandemic.
0: Oh fucking all these I ones know. coming out now.
1: It has yeah. to be
0: like, I mean the movies I want like the Green Knight and the French Dispatch. Have you seen the? No, no, the none of those Last were. Night in Soho, Dune. Got pushed. Back. I'm glad that's being pushed back because I need to see that in theaters. I need to see Dune in theaters. What is that? Dune, Dune, Dune. You never. I've shown they're,
1: they're you. Never even explained to me what that. I know what that Dune is. Well, I also, I want.
0: <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings, but in outer space.
1: Oh, that sounds cool. The one
0: with the big sand monster, the sandworm thing,
1: and like it's, from uh, Edward's not Edward's hand. Beetlejuice.
0: Kind of.
2: Jason
1: gonna be in Timothy, I kind of remember Timothy Charlotte. I think I showed you the me. trailer. Yeah, it's there. coming back to me now. I
0: mean, it's it was pushed. Back. I showed you like two years ago.
1: Okay, but yeah, we never got to horror actually. We have about we ain't got that much. Like time maybe
0: left. fifteen minutes. Yeah,
1: maybe. Do you want to push back to horror?
0: We'll wait horror yeah. next week because I'm glad what we're on right now. The yeah. like movie's being pushed back because of the pandemic. I mean, Tenant made a big mistake. I saw it in theaters anyway. But Tenet being that's why I said it in the review of like this movie, this would have been great if it wasn't the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But that was the only movie where Christopher Nolan was like, fuck it, like let it go. Which it's like <laughs> which it's so crazy to me to think about movies that were released beginning the pandemic. They were just like, All right, let's put out Scooby Doo, let's put out Tom and Jerry. And let's just They're see just let's out. see how this goes.
1: <laughs> they got some money off of it you know how many i'm gonna have you know how many hbo subscribers they got during the pandemic me oh for yeah. sure yeah and that shit slaps HBO, hbo max, max is, is so sick amazing yeah. i'm that's waiting I for go, that. i go that's my go-to now
0: my go-to is probably hbo max to yeah. be honest or honestly yeah hbo max and criterion
1: I go to Hulu a lot now. They have a lot of, like, cool I, horror movies. I
0: use Hulu. For, they have a lot of, like, B... They have a lot of B-movies. It is insane. What? all amazing. Let's watch uh, Willie's Wonderland with fucking Nicolas Cage. Watched it. The horror movie? I already watched it. The Five Nights at Freddy movie? <laughs> or Five Nights... I
1: didn't finish it, actually. I had to finish it.
0: What is it? Five Nights at Freddy? Five
1: Nights at Freddy. That's exactly what it is. It's Five Nights at Freddy. The Freddy's. movie, yeah. Yeah. There's a Saudi in that joint. That is. I bad. <laughs>
0: I just she bought. A, uh, Chicana. This is reminding me of that Robert Rodriguez movie or video game. You guys showed me.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Pi. It was. It's the Silent Hills sequel. It was supposed to be. It's not coming out ever again. Oh, it's not coming out. Yeah, no. They said whatever happened, they they won't let it come out. Because it's too scary. No with money. Oh fuck.
0: Because, to be honest, I'd buy it just to be like, I have a Robert Rodriguez video game. You would
1: never play it, though?
0: Probably not. I'd play it with you guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: probably not. I'd play it with you guys. Are you going to finish watching it? No. <laughs> it's like a scary movie. It plays like a scary movie. It's like 30 minutes of scary movie gameplay. And it's really written. We could well watch some written.
0: more. We could watch some more.
1: It's, w- it's really well written. Like, I, just,
0: I just want to give a shout. out. I only wanted to bring up Robert Rodriguez to shout out my favorite Mexican director. Besides Guillermo del Toro. I don't know if I like. I don't
1: know. Robert Rodriguez. Didn't he give us uh, Spy Kids? He did. He gave us Carmen. He also had such a crush on Carmen.
0: He's a big part of my childhood, and because he gave us El Mariachi, Mariachi, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Mm -hmm. and and Desperado, and and he gave us Planet Terror. Yes. So it makes me want to cry thinking about Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I fucking. Oh,
1: Planet Terror.
0: That, if that's not Grindhouse Cinema, I don't know what the Son, fuck. Son,
1: Planet is. Terror is one of my favorite. That storyline is so good. The Bin Laden twist and fucking Bruce Willis and goddamn. Isn't People's that
0: girl dead went, now? Who? The girl with the, uh, MC, the gun leg.
1: Is she dead?
0: I think she's dead. No,
1: she ain't. Isn't that Rose McGowan? She's not dead. She's not dead. That's Rose McGowan. Yeah, she's
0: not dead. Who's dead? Someone's dead. That's in. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in her er- era is dead.
1: Brittany Murphy from. Brittany Murphy.
0: Brittany Murphy. <laughs> Brittany
1: Murphy's not in that movie. But I don't You're, know. You thinking about the blonde chick who who is the wife in the movie? She's, uh, she's Brittany the wife Murphy of uh, Brittany. Thanos. He's in the movie. He's the anesthesiologist. Fucking Josh Brolin. He's the oh he's, shit. You he was stabbing her in the oh, hand. Oh
0: I forgot about Josh Brolin, dude.
1: And she had to open the doors with her hands all fucked up. Then the fucking kid dies. <laughs> he shoots himself in the fucking head. What kind of movie was that? Fucking I was bro- like. You were just like, oh, and they had to run away. Isn't it
0: crazy? I was, so I was at the barber shop, I got a haircut.
1: She said, "Don't play with the gun, bang." This is just
0: reminding me of like, like iconic, like collaborations. Because we were talking about what the de- the debate between what a time to be alive, Drake and Future, mm-hmm. and Watch the Throne, Jay Z and Kanye. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying, which one is better?
1: Why is that a debate? Those are two different. Like
0: that's the whole thing. We were trying to figure it out. There's but no way. Um, we ended. Everybody ended up saying "Watch the Throne" because it's obvious.
1: It's not better. It's just different. It's better. It's pop versus trap. N- no, it's pop versus because they Future and Drake are pop. Oh, that's pop. Yes.
0: Obviously, Jay Z and Kanye is not pop.
1: No. That's, no. No. No.
0: That's rap.
1: That's rap.
0: Th- and then Drake, Drake Future and Future is, is trap. Pop. That wasn't pop. That was it, trap. When
1: y'all say pop, pop just means like popular, popular. Okay. pop music, not the sound of pop music. They co-opted that sound. That's what they. That's what trolls is about. Mm-hmm. Pop music just means popular. So if everybody's doing trap hi hats now, mm-hmm. it's because trap music is pop music.
0: But we were talking about iconic duos, and but thinking about Robert Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. First of all, they For did sure. Grindhouse. They did. Planet Terror and, and Death, death Proof. Mm-hmm. From, til they, from Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn, they did fucking Sin City together.
1: From yeah. Dust Till Dawn is great cinematography. When I think about movies that I remember, now that you start saying stuff like that, the cinematography is like just shots in my that's, head.
0: That's all Grindhouse. And
1: Quentin Tarantino's shots in Guillermo, or in Robert Rodriguez movies, He always plays a disgusting character. Yeah. Like in fucking From Dust Till Dawn, he was a murderous raper. Yeah. Like very weird. A murderous rapist. Like and then
0: It kinda makes you think.
1: George Clooney like (laughs) protected him. He was like, What's wrong with you? But it was like that fucking good times thing. It's like we're protecting each other, like to a fault. Yeah, like to a fault. He's like, You raped her and murdered her. And he like, to chop their heads off too. That's what he like, to Mm -hmm. do afterwards. Fucking weirdo, man! Mm-hmm. Also,
2: but shark
0: went on girl. Fire, <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that Death Proof was made and that's part of Quentin Tarantino's his legacy. His dick
1: fell off in that movie. His dick fell off And Death Proof. Why don't I remember that? That's the part I remember vividly because <laughs> it was hilarious. He had to remember they had to wear the mask, and he was like he was like, oh, shit, it ran out because it kept them together from, like, boiling up. Mm-hmm. And then he was about to are, fucking. Are we talking
0: about the same movie?
1: Yeah, with the zombies.
0: Death Proof?
1: Oh, that's the car.
0: Yeah. I was like, what Planet, the.
1: F- you be switched. I forgot. With I thought we were Russell. still on Planet Terror. With Kurt Russell. I thought we were still on Planet Terror. Oh, no. But we're going <laughs> back to Planet Terror now. <laughs> I was like, whose dick fell off in Death Proof, bro? <laughs> Somebody's leg fell off in Death Proof. Remember when they got in a car accident and she got fucked up?
0: Yeah. <sighs> that was fucking brutal. Like that shit
1: was crazy.
0: That was also uh And then they
1: whooped his ass.
0: Yeah, at the end. That's the perfect ending.
1: Wow! Wow! Wow!
0: And then at the wah, end.
1: Wah, 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 <sighs> yeah.
0: And then fucking that's the end.
1: Like y'all all know karate now. This shit was crazy. There's literally like wah, a wah, wah. Wah.
0: Three minutes straight (laughs) of just boom, 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 boom. boom—nothing but punches.
1: Great shots too. Very karate film shots.
0: That's uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino was a cinematographer for his own movie.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, those were very like karate, like like Kill Bill shots, like. And the
0: fact that's Robert Richardson too is a great cinematographer. He did like all of his movies, all of Quentin Tarantino, almost all of them, because he did Kill Bill. Hateful Eight and fucking uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Literally the posters in my room. I didn't
1: like Hateful Eight for some reason. I said, dude, you're tripping.
0: Let's do a quick ranked Tarantino real quick since we were already on Tarantino. Jesus Christ, I'm pretty sure it's like the seventh time. Ranked? We never ranked.
1: You rank all the time.
0: Ranked Tarantino? Yes. We ranked. I don't think we ranked Tarantino
1: before. (laughs) We can do it again. You can rank.
0: You you, you rank first Because I know what I'm going to say Start from Nine down to one And that, that's what we'll end on We'll, we'll end on uh, ranking And then we'll do the positive outro I'm
1: going to have to make Reservoir Dogs nine then Okay Simply because I saw that last And I was like
0: eh. okay, Eight That movie hit Reservoir Dogs hits different The second time around Reservoir Dogs hits super different uh, the second time around because you know what's going on mm-hmm. and you know that he's the uh, police officer, he's the rat, and you've, you it's, it's, it's sad to me. So you got Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Death Proof and Glorious Bastards, Django and Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Where's Jackie Brown at?
0: It's to the left. It's back there. It's right there, next to Kill Bill Two and Dust Till Dawn.
1: Oh yeah, I love that. You did make an album cover off of that. Yeah. Um, Reservoir Dogs nine, Jackie Brown eight. You're
0: fucking flying through these, dude. That's pretty quick.
1: Only because I know for a fact those are going to be my two easiest because those are the ones I don't remember the most. The rest of them, I'm going to have <laughs> the hardest fucking time of my life. I'm, it's not going to be easy. Death proof because I legitimately age. love and Kill Bill one and two is movies. one
0: movie. Don't try- I
1: mean like Pulp Fiction? How do I rank that? But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was so fucking good. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be that good, but it was. The it glorious is so bastards? fucking good. I'm fucking black. How can I not love a movie about people killing Nazis? Like, what are <laughs> you talking about? Django Unchained? Like, again, I'm black. A black cowboy? Why would I not like, like that a black movie? cowboy? <laughs> and in the Hateful Eight, The he was hiding in the floor. Yeah. Shot his dick off. What's up with people getting their dicks <laughs> messed up in these movies, man? It's like, how to From Dust Till Dawn? Like, that's not, I'm not going to consider. Is that a. a no. His, yeah, okay, so we're not going to put that in there, even though I really want
0: to. I would. I want to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Man,
1: I love From Dust Till Dawn. Like, because I love. Yeah. That's one of those movies I love movies that I don't know that they're supernatural movies until we get into <laughs> yeah. it and then I was like, the whole, like I was like hold on wait a minute
0: literally you go the first 10 minutes 10-15 minutes like
1: oh this is pretty
0: dope yeah. but then it takes a turn
1: you're sitting here like why the fuck did Selma High's face just turn into a snake I don't know what's happening right now and these are some of the scariest vampires I've ever seen in my life, and probably the most gory vampire yeah. movie I've ever seen in my life. The way that those people died in that movie, mm-hmm. the daughter and George Clooney at the end is like it's an amazing ending. And then it's a fucking Mayan sacrifice temple. So you find out
0: my number nine. Is- I
1: can't rank them, dude. I don't have. I can't go from nine to because nine and eight is. Reservoir dogs is nine. Jackie Brown is eight. We'll say Inglourious Bashes is seven. Uh, Hateful Late is six. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is five. Wow. I would have to put Kill Bill at four. Kill Bill 2.
0: There's the same movie. No, Kill so Bill,
1: we'll count him as one movie. Yeah. Okay, that's four then. Pulp fiction three. Three. That's hard. Django and Hateful Eight you have left? No, I play I put those at uh Yeah, I do have Django and Hateful Eight. I think Django is uh Hateful Eight. I can't remember what I said now.
0: Django or Hateful Eight two and Django One? Yeah. Django One That's solid though. <clears throat>
1: I really love Kill Bill. I've watched Kill Bill more times than I care to say. It's hard for me not to say that that's number one because that's the Quentin Tarantino movie that I love Quentin Tarantino. That's my first... That's the movie that I knew I I didn't know I liked cinema. And that movie was cinematography, like... On 10. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just saw it as an action movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was just a super
0: dope martial arts movie. It was a
1: great story. Yeah, A story of revenge. Revenge, yeah. And then, like... She kind of doesn't even take the revenge like she yeah. wants it like she wants to. She Like you
0: if you only watch volume one, you're like,
1: Oh shit, she died. <laughs> and then even that that ending was like anxiety inducing getting mm-hmm. buried alive. But then when she fucking fights, the funniest scene in two is when she takes old girl's eye out and the girl is flailing around. That wasn't one. That was one? Yeah. I always get that confused. I always swore that was post her getting out of the grave. Oh, no. that's two. She's like, you bitch.
0: And it's so easy.
1: Oh, shit. And then she fucking <laughs> falls on the ground.
0: Um, For me, hearing, hearing my ranking, I put Kill You're not going to like this. Kill Bill, nine.
1: I, it's hard, man.
0: Django, eight. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, seven. Oh, you're really killing me now. Jackie Brown, six. All right. Inglorious Bastards, five.
1: All right. I think that's ours It's the same, I think, on that one. Death
0: Proof, four. Hateful Eight, three. Reservoir Dogs, two. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, one.
1: Hateful Eight is three for you? Yeah.
0: I think it was this. Oh, no. Hateful Eight was two for you.
1: I think I might have made a mistake. I think I said Hateful Eight more than once. Because I think I was stuck on from dusk till dawn, and I really just want to shove that in there. I can't, <laughs> like, I can't not, honestly.
0: But once upon a time in Hollywood, because
1: I liked him as an actor in that too. Mm-hmm. I liked his character in From Dust Till Dawn, so I liked the fact that he helped direct it and was in it. It was in it, and it was a character that was very like. My, my, like monumental like you are a fucking creep dude. yeah
0: like you're a pillar in but the, in the, in the, then in the you story. get
1: turned too so there was like i don't know man from Dust till dawn is it, it shaped a lot of my like likes of supernatural movies yeah like, when i'm talking when you're talking sure. about like it's ranked up there with blade for me
0: yeah oh shit from and, I know, till dawn and i know and i know what blade
1: you know what blade means to me from Dust till dawn I watched it, especially like during the summertime. I remember growing up because it was on Stars, like mm-hmm. every had, had yeah. When Kill
0: we, Bill was my first Tarantino. That was my introduction. Stars to and
1: Quentin Tarantino. That's why Stars will always have like they played Quentin Tarantino <laughs> movies. Yeah. on they played Death Proof. They played fucking Kill Bill Volume One and Two. They that's played why. I, that's why I
0: say like Robert Rodriguez, like being my childhood director. Yeah, mm-hmm. like watching Once Upon a Time in Mexico and.
1: Watching. I love Once Upon a, upon upon a Time in Mexico loves, loves what did he do for Sin time. City so we've seen he, he uh co-directed so see then again so Sin City again my childhood like yeah. I watched that Menda non-stop you
0: know, Sin, city. Sin City was insane the for me the
1: fucking creep was... the bad yellow dude yeah. the evil guy like yeah. Sin City... I fucking love that Sin movie. Sin City
0: was a big part of...
1: Elijah Wood getting decapitated and he's still smiling. Like, how can you not remember scenes like that's that?
0: That's definitely my uh, noir right, yeah, uh, introduction. The two what two three two three the guys. fuck did he do with The
1: Rock? I love The Rock.
2: With Jessica Alba, he loved Jessica Alba from... Just starting from then.
1: Mm-hmm. What did he have to do with The Rock? He probably produced it. Because that's an amazing movie again. Yeah, That movie is the movie that got me uh, into like nuclear movies. He was a co-writer for Little Nicky too. I love Little Nicky. Like, yeah, you can't. There's just some stuff I can't rank. Crimson Tide is an amazing movie. Oh,
0: fucking Hostel! Hostel Hostel? part That's Eli. That's the Eli Roth movie. Eli Roth is like if Quentin Tarantino made horror movies.
1: But Quentin Tarantino, what did he have to do with Hostel? He was producer for it. Yeah. So even, like, and see, that's what I like about Quentin Tarantino, too. I, we need producers in Hollywood who have co- gone through the ringer. Mm-hmm. He's come from the bottom, so when he produces a movie, you get movies that have an average, like, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, 92 for True Romance, Desperado, fucking 64%, Sin City, 77%. 77.
0: That's honestly higher than I thought.
1: Grindhouse, if this, that is, I can't see. Way more surprising than I thought they would give. Eighty-four
0: percent. Eighty-four, but that's for a double feature. Grindhouse. Yeah, for
1: Grindhouse. You want to see if they got them like, separately? Of,
0: I don't think they have them separately.
1: Planet Terror. By Where
0: itself. Planet Terror
1: by itself. Seventy-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: And then Death Proof. Check Death Proof.
1: Where's Death Proof? I wonder if they had it by itself. I bet you, you it's like adults. eighty-two. Sixty-five. It's lower than.
0: That's crazy. Quentin Tarantino. Death Proof
1: was just shorter. That's Death, yeah. Death Proof was way shorter than Planet Terror because mm-hmm. I and fucking Planet Terror had like a really thought out methodical story. Line. I just
0: bought El Mariachi from Robert, Robert Rodriguez.
1: Like it's hard. Some people look up can, Robert Rodriguez. I don't filmography. Think you can rank people sometimes.
0: The hardest I think to rank would be Martin Scorsese. Mm, that'd be pretty easy. That'd for me. be a fucking bitch to fucking rank.
1: For Cinephiles, I'm sure, yes. For me, I'm like, eh, I don't got three hours, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's fuck it. He did Alita, Battle Angel, El El Mariachi, Spy Kids, uh, Sin City, or he co directed Sin City. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, that is number one. I mean, he. It is a trilogy, but fucking, it goes once upon a time in Hollywood, then Desperado, and then El Mariachi. I guess it goes in order.
1: I remember all those movies. Uh, Those were him. Sin City. I guess I do have a tone. What is?
0: What does that say? A hundred years? What is that? A hundred
1: years. What is that? I don't know. It's fucking. uh, What's his name? is that is a that twenty one fifteen film. Who is that? You know who that is. Mm.
0: That's why I was like, "What the fuck? Is that John Malkovich?" Oh, it's upcoming. Is that John
1: Malkovich? What the fuck is this? A bitch. Uh, hold on. It's a movie you will never see.
0: Written by John Malkovich. Oh, and Dr- hold
1: the fuck up, dude! This is some uh U type shit. They're, this is due to be set. This they're coming gonna, out in 100 years, Menda. It's 2115 is going to come out. This movie is going to come out 100 years. is an upcoming experimental science fiction film written by John Malkovich and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Advertised in 2015 with the tagline, the movie you will never see is due to be released on November eighteenth, twenty 2115.
0: That makes me so sad. But
2: you'll never be
0: able to see it? You won't ever see it. John Malkovich and Robert Rodriguez. uh, Those are my two heroes. A movie you will never see.
1: Wow. The 100-year span matches the time it takes for a bottle of Ludi 13 Cognac to be properly aged before it's released to to consumers. The film stars an international ensemble with American actor John Malkovich, Taiwanese actress Shuya Chang, and Chilean actor Marco Zarore.
0: Or this is a fucking marketing ploy.
1: I don't. I don't think think this is is, real. Yeah, there's actually there's been. Well, that's when I think when you connect it to something like the art of making cognac, that actually makes it not unbelievable, because that is itself like the ultimate level of patience. You got to think there's generations that watch barrels. You got to imagine if you were born. Your grandfather was watching that same barrel of cognac that you're going to sell for like. Mm-hmm. But like, what if this just like is like an dollars.
0: ad for some type of cognac?
1: We still won't be allowed to see it because when the, in, the, in 2115, when Unless cognac has a commercial, my <laughs> high level
0: of income and advances modern science.
1: <laughs> it's not unbelievable. I can live <laughs> to be about like, 150, 200. Like, <laughs> and then Nate's like, "All right, I'm out." 2115? Pull the plug. Pull the plug. That is actually terrifying, terrifying. I fucking... I thought it was a... I thought it was a production house when I saw 2115. I was like, oh, no, that's the year it's coming John out. John
0: Malkovich?
1: Dude, you gotta admit, that's some you shit. Some Robert Rodriguez, <laughs> John Malkovich, come out in 100 years shit. That's some shit you would do. Yeah. See, come on now. Yeah, for sure.
0: Not mad at it. <laughs>
1: It's definitely in the will. Look at this. Look at that.
0: I fucking love John Malkovich.
1: You know, we be like, look at these idiots. They thought we dressed like this back then. <laughs> and they wearing, like, fucking drabo jeans again. <laughs> oh Bringing God. it back, baby. All right, let's wrap this episode. Right.
0: up Because uh, I want to keep talking about this. All right. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Let's end this on a positive note. What do we have to say to the people?
1: Mercury is out of retrograde, so get over it.
2: <laughs> what did you learn, babe, from today? From uh, Steve Jobs.
0: Oh yeah, what did mm. you? What should we say, like as far as for ver- advice? End it with some advice.
1: People aren't going to tell you that you're crazy. You are, and that's good, because it takes a certain level of crazy to follow your dreams. And that is just what it the fuck it is. You can call Kanye crazy. You can call Quentin Tarantino crazy. You can call Steve Jobs crazy. You can call Bill Gates crazy. There's one thing that they did that we didn't, mm-hmm. and it's that their names are immortalized.
0: Because you might say, people say they're assholes. Steve Jobs was an asshole. He definitely Kanye's an asshole. Definitely is. Because Kanye said, I'm not mean, I'm just focused. So you have to be crazy in order to believe in yourself. Because to believe in yourself... What was your quote? Oh, shit. You want to hear my fucking bar, Rob? I was really high and, and wrote this down. Go I, ahead. I showed... I can't fake humble because your ass is insecure. Woo! Let's end it right there. Because that... All right. Have a good day today. If you're listening to this while you're at work or whatever, keep going. Make that bread. And do your thing. Peace out.